Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, is my partner in crime. You know him and love him as the new lead NFL analyst for Heavy.com. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, congratulations on your new gig. Tell us uh, tell us what to expect from it. I appreciate that, Chad. Yeah, it's, it's you know allowing me, which I'm happy about, to keep covering the Broncos and keep my eye on the Broncos. But it's going to expand my my efforts and my talents and my abilities to cover the NFL as a whole, kind of on a lead-wide angle. So I want to bop around a little bit. I want to go to different training camps, hopefully some in-season stuff, and I want to see the NFL from a different perspective. But I'm really happy about Chad that I can still you know focus my efforts on the Broncos mostly and keep an eye on a team that I feel heavily invested in at the last couple of seasons. I'm really interested in watching the uprising, and I'm happy I get to cover it still. So. Yeah, and congratulations on that, man. Appreciate it, I man. Mean, I appreciate it. It's just it. in this business, we've talked about it before, but it really it's it's no easy feat to find a paying job in the digital sports media landscape. So, anytime you're able to do that, you know, you deserve uh, some some congratulations and and count your blessings. A lot's happened. A lot's changed, man, since oh, even yeah. just from a week ago. So, what was it? Well, this is Thursday night. So, one week tomorrow. Now, obviously, a lot of our listeners, we're going to publish this episode Thursday night. A lot of our listeners will be, will be checking this out Friday. Exactly a week ago, if you're listening on Friday, Zach announced that he was done at, at 24-7 Sports. And at the time, if you guys go back and, and listen, you'll notice that on my part, some of you probably wonder what it meant for us, for Mile High Huddle. And on my part, I just kind of remained cagey and, and neutral with regard to any implications for us. But the reality is the same issue that Zach faced was basically thrown at, at Mile High Huddle. And what it really boils down to, I, I, I'm 
think it's safe now, Zach, for us to talk about this a little bit. We don't need to go too far down this road, but 24-7 sports against all, um, I don't know what, reason, logic, decided to roll up their NFL business and uh, merge it into CBS Sports, lay off their entire NFL staff, and for publishers like myself who were holdovers from when 24-7 Sports bought Scout, you know, they basically offered us a, a measly, I'll just put it that way, deal to stay on, um, and it just it was worth it. So I was fortunate to be able to find a new home for Mile High Huddle. We joined the Maven Coalition, which uh, is Sports Illustrated here within about, I don't know, month, month and a half, two months maybe. But both of us landed on our feet, and here's what I can tell people, Zach, is Check it out. If you have milehighhuddle.com bookmarked, okay, all the same writers with the exception of Zach. We'll see what happens in the future. Don't never say never. But for today, with the exception of Zach publishing on as a writer, you got all the same guys writing, covering multiple articles every day at milehighhuddle.com for myself, Nick Kendall, Eric Trickle, Carl Dummler, Lance Sanderson, Bob Morris, all the dudes covering the Denver Broncos on a day in and day out basis. So as long as you have milehighhuddle.com bookmarked, You'll be able to find us with where we're at. And so far, Zach, the early returns on the new website and the feel and the comments and how easy it is for, for users to to use it has been all positive. My only regret, and here's the last thing I'll say, is you know, I really felt bad about all our VIP subscribers that had um, stayed with us and supported us there at uh, 24-7 Sports. It wasn't, just put it this way, I wouldn't have left, I wouldn't have taken Mile High Huddle from that platform if I really had any other any other reason i mean i I just couldn't do it there was no there was no choice i had to do it so unfortunately i don't work for free you know and so and neither do my my dudes so we had to move on and and that's basically where it's at so go to milehighhuddle.com you'll see it's a new website it's a new platform it's on the maven and uh, register and it's business as usual zach yeah, Chad, you really said it best. In this industry, you know, particularly this this sect of the media, which is the NFL, you know, NFL media, it's so tough uh, to you know to stay afloat. You have to be very fortuitous, and and we were for a while. We had a good thing going in twenty four seven, but unfortunately, things come to an end. It is business, and you have to just adjust and bounce back from it. And you know, fortunately, we're blessed to say that we both bounce back, and we're both still putting content out there and, and creating stuff for the Broncos masses and still joining up here on the podcast. So, uh, yeah, I count my blessings. I can still cover this industry. And then no matter what happens, um, I can always, I believe I can always persevere. And I believe, you know, you think that about yourself too, too Chad. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, uh, my message to the VIP subscribers, you guys follow me over there, follow us over there right now. There's not a, a paid subscription, but there will be within the next couple of months once things transition fully and you guys are going to have first seat at the table. I'm always going to take care of you. I'm always going to look out for you. Both Zach and I here through the podcast. So many of you became VIPs through listening and supporting us through the podcast. And so it's just make sure you, you uh, bookmark milehighhuddle.com and you'll be able to also make sure you're following the, all of our social accounts at mile high huddle. Zach and I, our personal accounts, we'll talk about that later. As long as you're following everybody, you're not going to miss out on any of the awesome Broncos content. We got a Broncos game to cover, finally, after seven months, basically, of, of no Broncos football. The first preseason game is officially in the books, and Zach and I are going to dive into that. But first, just a quick reminder, talk about following if you're new to the podcast, make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. 
That's how you keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. If you're a new listener on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, we appreciate it. If you like what you hear, leave us a creative review and a five-star rating. And if you're new on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to like. Don't forget to comment. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, Zach. So let's just dive into this. We don't really have much structure. It's really late. And uh, we're just going to dive in off the top of your head. What uh, what jumped out to you from watching this game? Well, it was definitely the, the first preseason game of the year. It was very sloppy on both sides, Chad. There are a lot of drops on both sides of the Broncos anyway, offense and defense. But... Uh, that play at the end, that was pretty thrilling. We were talking about an off-air that I was on the edge of my seat, you know, for, you know, all those times the Broncos looked like they were going to lose, and Vic Fangio, thank God he went for it and spared us the indignity of preseason overtime, and Vance Joseph probably would have kicked the field goal there. Uh, it was a up-and-down game, I'll say that. A lot of players stood out to me. We can get into that in a second on an individual basis, but um, there was more good than bad to take from it, but you can definitely tell it was Fangio's debut, a lot of the new rookie jitters, uh, Drew Locke especially, so it was, you know, you can definitely build on this game. By the way, hat tip to Vic Fangio, who was taken to the hospital today in the, in the Cleveland area because he was struggling with kidney stones. Now, I'm fortunate enough that I can say that even at almost 40 years old, I've never had a kidney stone. I've never had to pass that. I know a lot of people, including my father, including even Eric Trickle. He's he's not been shy about talking about it on social media, so I'm not betraying any medical uh, knowledge there. He's been through it. That everyone that's been through that, especially uh, for for if you're a dude, it's just unbelievably painful. And yet, Zach. Vic Fangio, he's going, look, I've waited 40 years as a coach to be a head coach, and this might, might only be an exhibition game, but wild horses couldn't keep me from being on the sideline. So, you know, my guess is they probably doped him up just a little bit to take the edge off, and out he went. Right, and, you know, he probably, you know, passed that, and um, hats off to him for doing that, and it was, he gutted it out, and he preaches toughness all the time, Chad, he preaches that old school mentality, and he really showed it tonight, he he walked the walk, and uh, as he said after the game, winning cures all for him, as long, that's how competitive he is, that's how NFL driven he is, and he's an NFL lifer in that respect, 
I give him all the credit in the world. He could have easily sat out, but after waiting so long, like you said, and uh, having this team ready and, and, and preaching and instilling his culture for the whole offseason, he was never missing this game. It was going to take a lot more to, to hold him out. If that didn't exemplify death by inches, I mean, he's been preaching it to his players since he right. walked into the building. I don't know what will. And above and beyond that, you know, coaches expect and ask players to oftentimes play hurt and to play through pain. And, you know, it's not apples to apples. Standing on the sideline with a headset on isn't exactly going out between, you know, the gridiron and pounding it out for 60 minutes. But Vic Fangio is showing that, look, I'm willing to make sacrifices. I'm willing to put myself out there when things aren't, you know, uh, peachy for me. So I think that also probably helped him, not that he needed it so much, but just additional credibility he earns in the eyes of those players. And, you know, it was a, it was a gritty, obviously, I wouldn't quite call it a slop fest, but... It was just what you would expect to see, as you said, Zach, from the first game of an almost entirely new team. Of course, very few starters played. The only starters who did see action tonight were Garrett Bowles, Dalton Reisner, and Connor McGovern. Everyone else was held out, so it was your second, third, and basically even at times fourth teamers, basically, on the field. Let's talk about some of the players that jumped out, and I'll start with one. There was some good. There was some bad. We'll talk about Drew Locke here in a minute, but there was some good. There was some bad. Juwan Winfrey. First quarter, you got Kevin Hogan in the game. The Broncos are moving the ball, and he throws a slant over the middle. That's a play that Winfrey probably makes, I don't know, 19 times out of 20. This was just one of those times he didn't make it. He drops it. And then from there, Zach, in my opinion, now I haven't gone back and rewatched it, obviously. We just, the game just barely, the gun just sounded. But I didn't notice him throughout the rest of that game until the chips were down late. And the Broncos were backed up, you know, after a failed fourth and one, they had to move the ball back on a on a holding foul. And Brett Rippon lets one fly to the to the right corner of the end zone, and it's tipped up. Winfrey comes down with it, though, showing great body control, showing great tenacity, presence of mind to make sure his feet are in bounds, and then secures the catch for the go-ahead score. Yeah, talk about fly. That ball hung in the air for about 10 seconds, Chad. I love Brett Rippon as a prospect. I think he has a bright future, but that was kind of a uh, a floater there. In terms of Winfrey, it's ironic that of all the passes they dropped tonight, they come down with that one. And it was, like as you said, it was great concentration, great body control, and it was a good play from a player the Broncos traded up for in the draft, uh, a move that dismayed you and I a little bit, Chad, and I can see why they did it now. They believe he has that kind of red zone monster potential, like a little bit of a Cortland Sutton, like a little bit of a Brandon Marshall. And you add that to this offense, and it's just downright scary, uh, the potential with Joe Flacco there. So good showing for Jawan Winfrey for sure, even though that the receiving core as a whole could use some stick them on their gloves. Yeah. Noah Fant, you could tell, had some jitters to open up this game, dropped a pass himself. Although I think for the most part, with the ex- the exception of that one holding call where he was on the edge at the point of attack and got busted, I mean, he really did hold his guy. With the exception of those two negative plays, I was impressed with what he did, mostly as a blocker. You know, he hauled in a pass or two. I'll, I'll take a quick look here. He hauled in, uh, Noah Fant hauled in one ball, I guess, for on three targets for seven yards. But the work he did in the blocking game, and I thought the broadcast did a pretty good job of, of highlighting that, again goes to show that he was a lot farther along as a blocker coming from Iowa than most draft Knicks, most fans even, of course, had any realization. 
Yeah, I mean, they, his blocking was an underrated prospect coming out of college and uh, an underrated ability to, uh, of his, and he showed he can be an all-around tight end for that reason. He does need to work on uh, the catches, though, his his concentration there over the middle. In terms of blocking, though, Chad, on Garrett Bowles, there was one play, it might have been that quick out to Fant that he caught, that Bowles just stonewalled his defender, showed great power, uh, great feet, and if they can just get that consistency out of him, uh, he can turn the corner in his third year and kind of make up for some of the issues that we've heard about in training camp so far. Uh, in terms of the first-string offense, I, I was mostly impressed, even though they were, I mean, the offensive line, the blocking, they were okay. I mean, Muhammad and Devontae Jackson broke off some big runs. Uh, they could have been better, but it's all chalked up to the same thing, that everyone as a whole, it was still the first appearance, the first game. There's always going to be things to work out, and that's why we've been saying for weeks now not to put any stock in this game in particular. For what it's worth, according to Vic Fangio, after the game, now again, we're literally recording this while the coach is at the podium, and uh, he said that uh, he doesn't believe he's passed that stone yet. So he gr- mm. he really gr- grinded and gritted through it uh, on Thursday night. And by the way, let's just let's just move the topic of conversation here. With regard to Drew Locke, here's what Vic Fangio said, quote, I was hoping for more, but not surprised, close quote. So, again... He's a realist, right? He's not going to blow smoke up anyone's skirt. He was hoping to see more from Locke. He was hoping to see a little bit more command, more presence. But Locke was very inconsistent. You know, when he got to the bottom of his drop and fired the ball, he was money. He was good. But there were too many times in which he was basically caught like a deer in the headlights, didn't know what to do. And I think a big reason for that is just, you know, he probably – there's a lot of man coverage being being ran by the uh, the Falcons on Thursday night, and I don't know why in particular he wasn't quite prepared for that, but even John Elway pointed out that that might be one of the reasons for his, at times, paralyzing presence in the pocket. They also brought a fair amount of pressure to the Falcons, and Dan uh, Quinn you know, dialed up a, a fair amount of blitzes to get after Drew Locke and rattle him, and, and that's exactly what happened. His footwork at times was a mess, Chad. He looked very erratic. But I'm surprised that anyone is surprised about Drew Locke right now. Anyone who's followed training camp knows he's been entirely inconsistent, and that's exactly what the Broncos have expected. That's exactly what everyone should be expecting right now. He was raw coming out of college. He doesn't have to start this year. There's no pressure. It was going to take some time, and these are the ups and downs you go through with a high-ceiling, low-floor rookie quarterback. He's especially raw. He he, he struggled with a huddle in minicamp. He's learning how to play under center. These things are going to happen. He wasn't Nathan Peterman bad to me. I mean, there's you can't overreact to this one game at all. There's nothing really to take away good or bad. He's going to have these struggles. He has four more preseason games ahead of him. I would bet anything he looks much better next week. I mean, I'll, I agree on that aspect of it, and I'll go about 50% of the way with you on everything else. What I'll say is he does need to be better, and the good news is there are he, he, there's plenty of room for – turning the ship around quickly. Just yeah. in terms of holding on to the ball too long and having the presence of mind, knowing situational football, to get rid of the ball when you need to. Those two sacks he took consecutively, I think it was in the second quarter in particular, one of which was a massive shot. You know, that's on him. Obviously, as you said, Dan Quinn, he dialed it up, and that particular unit, that offensive line, was a sieve at that point when it came to pass blocking. So that's not on Drew Locke, but... He's got to be able to recognize those situations and get rid of the ball. And he just, you know, he didn't. He, he did what a lot of young rookie quarterbacks do, held on to it way too long, got lost, took some hits, and it kind of, you could tell, put him into a shell a little bit. 
And so coming out of the halftime, I thought, well, maybe we'll see Drew Locke kind of hit his stride. And I think he did play a little bit more consistently, but it was still nothing to write home about. But here's a good thing I'll say, too. And I tweeted about this and talked about this on the open thread on milehighhuddle.com that I liked early on that first two or three series in which he, he was on the field, Zach. He showed that he had no compunction about throwing the ball deep. Now, both balls were just a little too far. Uh, he could have used a little more air under each one of them, but I liked seeing that kind of aggressive mindset from the rookie who was just playing his first NFL game. And you know what? I like the Broncos coaching staff and Rick Scangarello not being afraid to dial up the D balls and continue throwing with him and not just sticking to the ground game. That was obviously working. They want to throw everything at him. They want to uh, introduce him to the NFL quickly and let him learn. And as I wrote on Twitter, he's going to learn by failing, Chad. He's going to learn by doing, not by watching Kevin Hogan from the sideline uh, getting second-team reps behind Joe Flacco. He's going to learn by failing and stumbling. He will grow that way. And after this, you know, he was 7 of 11, 34 yards, no picks, no interceptions. He took a couple sacks. The ones you were referencing, though, that second one was completely his offensive line. I mean, they just blew through pressure in the interior. He had no chance. First one, I agree with you, held the ball way too long. He ran into the sack, pretty much took his own sack. So definitely stuff to work on. Got to be better from a second-round pick who's, you know, the heir to the throne potentially. But to draw any conclusion one way or the other, like Vic Fangio said, he's not surprised, and I'm not personally either. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got to... You got to pump the brakes on on forming or jumping to any conclusions with Luck. I mean, the Broncos, if everything goes goes as planned for them this year, he's not going to see the field. This is a an incubation season for Drew Lock, and so let him go through the live bullets. Let him go through the trial and error. It's a process. It'll come. Definitely don't write home about this though. It's just and and again, it's not like he came out and couldn't complete a pass and just absolutely stunk up the joint. He did go 7 for 11. It was only for 34 yards, but, you know, he he was in the, what what is it, 60-something? I don't know what that is. 60-something in terms of completion percentage. So, you know, it could have been a lot worse if, you were, if you're sitting there agonizing over Drew Locke not blowing the doors down. Now, I've been on record in the past on this podcast and in written form as well of saying that it's only a matter of time before the cream rises to the top with Drew Locke. I think we're going to see that. Now, it might take a little bit deeper into the preseason for that to come out, but I still think we're going to see that. Conversely, you looked at Kevin Hogan, who started the game in place of Joe Flacco. He's about all that experience that gets talked about for Kevin Hogan. It's the, What you saw on Thursday night was about as far as that experience is going to serve him. And what I mean by that is you know, he showed presence in terms of command at the line of scrimmage, knew where to go with the ball, knew when to get rid of the ball, all those little things that come with understanding the speed of the game and having been in the league for about four years served him well. But from a talent perspective, he just does it's just not there. And so if Drew Locke can master some of those things, hopefully learn from what he experienced on Thursday night, there's a chance he could take a, a giant leap forward in the next game, but we can't get out over our skis one way or another. No, I agree with that. And for all of the, the ballyhoo about Kevin Hogan being the veteran guy and the experienced guy and the best of the three quarterbacks playing tonight, he was five of eight for 37 yards. So, I mean, he didn't exactly have a huge performance either. And that's where we definitely agree, Chad, that it's it's only a matter of when, not if. Uh, Drew Locke beats him out for that number two job. It's not going to take long. And that's what I'm saying. Uh, this is a throwaway game. I mean, this is not a normal year where they have four games. They have an additional one, and it's for this reason. They get the kinks out now. Week two against Seattle, I guarantee Drew Locke will be much sharper. 
And by the way, that offensive line that featured three starters to open the game, they were just moving dudes off the block. I mean, those running backs were just gashing Atlanta. And of course, you saw Kalafi Muhammad have that touchdown early. And so that helped look, that helped take some pressure, let's say, off of Kevin Hogan and made him look yep. even better in his, his start this, this evening. So we still have a little bit we want to get to tonight in this quick gut reaction. We'll, of course, circle back with a longer episode, let our hair down on uh, the next episode, which we're going to publish Saturday, kind of a weird podcasting schedule for, the, for Huddle Up this week. But we still have a few things we want to get to. First, we've got to take a quick break, though. We'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, Zach, let's talk really quick, though, about the performance from those two running backs. Now, Devontae Jackson ended up getting almost double the amount of carries that Muhammad did, but Muhammad just found a way to make hay. I mean, he just – he it was flashes of Philip Lindsay in terms of just the speed with which he – and Jackson, too, the speed. You know, by the time Jackson – they were trying to get him into a rhythm, that offensive line was just doing nothing. Meanwhile, I don't know if you noticed – Anytime David Williams touched the ball, I mean, it was like watching a dude run through molasses. It was three yards in a cloud of dust. That, yep. that's, ex- that's exactly what it was. And, you know, Muhammad reminds me a lot of Gio Bernard, maybe a little, a little bit of a smaller version of that. He's very shifty, very explosive. Caught me by surprise now that I got a chance to see him in a live game action. And he really looked good. Um, I'm not going to put much in it. Is It is a preseason game. He is playing against mostly backups. But he did impress me, and I think him and Jackson – both pretty much locked up spots, Chad, on the practice squad. We know after the signing of Theo Riddick, they're not going to uh, you know, carry five running backs, so they'll probably go to the practice squad for them. But they have two young, exciting prospects there, and they have two young, shifty guys. So uh, definitely people to keep an eye on in the backfield. Let's turn to the other side of the ball and talk about what jumped out defensively. And the first guy I want to talk about that I'll admit I had to eat a little crow on was Malik Reed, who showed some pretty consistent pressure on the quarterback, got a sack when he was matched up one-on-one against a tight end. And I was a guy who, it's not like I was throwing shade on Reed. All I had said was simply that when I watched the film of him at Nevada immediately following the draft, he just didn't jump out to me. Like, he he didn't jump out to me in the same way. For example, he kept getting compared to Shaquille Barrett when Barrett came out of CSU. He, didn't, he wasn't jumping out to me that way as a game wrecker. And I've even said on the podcast before that maybe that's just the, the game selection I chose to watch. They just weren't the greatest games for him. But he showed pretty consistently tonight, Zach. Yeah, he did. And I, I was it was one guy that I liked the Broncos, you know, when they picked him up as an undrafted free agent. And that's, Chad, that's the, the Fangio bump and having that coaching with him and also Brandon Staley, who's being one of the under uh, you know underrated, underheralded coaching additions to the staff. That's what you can see from him. And I think Malik Reed played better than Jeff Holland in his limited time. Justin Holland's played well in that linebacking core. As a whole, among the Broncos' defense, their best performers came from the secondary and the linebacking core, the outside linebacking core. And that's a direct reflection to me on the coaching. So uh, we're, it's good to see that the fan, you know, Fangio has already overridden a lot of the faults of the Vance Joseph era. And that was evident throughout the entire game. Uh, defenders were reading and reacting to plays. They were closing tackles. They were wrapping up. They were finishing plays. Uh, they were just really in tune with the scheme. And you can tell they're comfortable with it. And, and, and that's a hat off. And that's uh, all the credit to Vic Fangio and the coaching staff. Another guy I want to tip my cap to is someone who's had actually a very quiet camp. However... Rookie third-rounder Draymond Jones was a freaking animal on yeah. Thursday night. And, you know, he didn't quite get home to, to notch his first sack as an NFL player, but 
he created some pressure pretty consistently from the inside and even had that pressure that resulted in that uh, fourth quarter interception from Trey Johnson. So I got to say, I was impressed by him. But at the same time, Zach, Demarcus Walker, who maybe wasn't quite as consistent in terms of the pressure, he was able to get home, notched himself a sack. So interesting to see how that battle between the two uh, continues to take shape. It's so great that they got production tonight, Chad, from both those players. A guy that was written off under the previous coaching staff and a guy that many people thought was kind of a reach in the third round or kind of a a luxury pick for them. But they both look great. And between the two, it might be too premature to say, but the Broncos found their replacement from Malik Jackson. And if they can get that interior pressure and combine that with Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, this defense is downright scary. One guy I want to throw some some love to in the secondary, Jamal yeah. Carter, Chad, yeah. looked really good today. Uh, in pass coverage on special teams, you can tell the Broncos missed him last year. It's so encouraging that this coaching staff is building up the young players and succeeding where I believe the previous coaching staff kind of failed. Trey Marshall as well. That's right. Trey Marshall had a game, and I'll even tip my cap to Shamarco Thomas, who, especially toward the end of that game, was really flying around, got himself a sack on a nickel blitz. And, you know, another couple guys we should talk about before we get out of here is Isaac Yadam and Devontae Bosby. And as soon as we uh, transitioned over to our new network at the Maven, I, I made a video and five players to watch, basically, on uh, the Broncos preseason opener. And Yadam and Bosby were two of the five. And both of them, I think, you know, they, they played pretty limited snaps all early on in the game, with the exception of one third and long play that Yadam gave up that, you know, actually bit me in the rear view or in the rear uh, end, so to speak, because I had just complimented him on our game thread on the previous play in which he just absolutely smothered his guy and forced an incompletion. The very next play, he plays off coverage and allows a massive cushion <laughs> and allows them to move the chains on third and forever. But still, I've been really encouraged by Yadam, and that's a good thing because as great as it is to see Devontae Bosby coming in, who was solid in coverage, made some tough tackles as well. Again, tackling non-negotiable for Vic Fangio defensive backs. But you really want to see good things from Yadam because he represents a third-round investment. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. The entire secondary as a whole, Chad, looked really, I would say, overall consistent tonight. I know they dropped some some interceptions there, but uh, they were flying to the ball, and that, and that was kind of the next point I want to make. The biggest winner, I think, the biggest takeaway, the most glaring positive takeaway, it wasn't one player. It was a collective ability, and that was the Broncos tackling, which was so poor under Vance Joseph for two years. And tonight, I don't think I can remember a missed tackle, Chad, a glaring one that was a truly bad one. They were wrapping up. They were hitting hard. They were flying to the ball. And if you want to put the the pre-snap penalties on the coaching and some of the, the drops on the coaching, well, uh, you know, cleaning up the tackling, that also goes to Vic Fangio as well. So I was definitely impressed by that. Death by inches, a focus on the fundamentals. Just getting back to the basics and hanging your hat on a on a real foundation, something you can build on. What a and, concept. Yeah, I mean, it's it's when you're seeing backups and backups to backups in an opening preseason game, you know, you're not going to see the scoreboard get lit up. And that's why where a lot of fans st- tend to start, the surface fans, not the listeners of the Huddle Up podcast, but surface fans, they, that's when they shut off the TV or they jump on Facebook and they bitch and moan, basically, right? <laughs> well, you, what do you expect, right? The, the You had three starters play in the opener, and they only played for, I don't know, two series. So I was really excited. I also, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna take a that final drive in which Jawan Winfrey came down in the clutch with that go-ahead touchdown. You know, I'm going to take that as a harbinger of things to come that, you know, when it comes to situational football, when it comes to the clutch, 
when it comes to those inches that separate a win from a loss, this is a team that is being coached to come out on top in those situations. And even though it was the third string, yeah, fourth string even with Brett Rippon throwing the ball, it was encouraging to see that in the clutch, that team, you know, they kept their composure. They kept grinding. They had that extremely untimely holding penalty on that fourth down that they had converted with Kelvin McKnight. And then, you know, tragedy strikes. Oh, they have to move it back. And to convert once again, I just, you know, just made me feel good about the way this team is headed. It's a good way to put it, Chad, and I definitely wholeheartedly agree with that. If you can step back from this first preseason game, and I'm the first person to tell you don't put any stock in this game overall. Take the little things you want out of it, but don't form any opinions one way or the other. If you look at the big picture and you look at the broad scope of this team and how they're coached and how they play for this coach, uh, it's so encouraging, and it's 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 such a sign of things to come for them, and that's why they're on the upswing here, and that's why I'm saying just be patient all around. The Broncos were without, like, what, 20-something starters today? It wasn't a true basis of a foundation for a game which you can draw an opinion on. You have to let things play out. But in terms of coaching, tackling, finishing, you know, having the intestinal fortitude to morse down the field and get that game-winning drive, you wouldn't see those things normally under Vance Joseph. So uh, from that aspect, Vic Fangio looks like a winner, and he has his team definitely, definitely, definitely trending upward. All right. Friday is usually, obviously, the mailbag. But we had to shake things up this week with the the game being on a Thursday night. So Zach and I will return tomorrow. You guys will get an episode on Saturday from the Huddle Up podcast. And it's a mailbag. We've got a thread open in the community tab on our YouTube channel. Those of you listening on YouTube, go there, submit your questions. If you're on Twitter, hit us up on Twitter, and we'll answer your questions, your reactions, your feedback from the game. We'll address all of it on tomorrow's show, so stay tuned for that. But that's going to do it for today's episode of the Huddle Up Podcast and the immediate gut reaction to the Broncos preseason opener. As always, make sure you're following the show on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can find my partner, Zach Kelberman, on Twitter at Kelberman NFL. He's changed it, everybody. So make sure it's at Kelberman NFL. Myself, at Chad and Jensen. And here's a quick call to action for those of you listening on iTunes. I don't care where you're listening. YouTube, CastBox, Spotify, wherever you're listening to the show, Spreaker, take some time, go to milehighhuddle.com. When you get there, you're going to see in the top right, right underneath the logo and the masthead, there's an option, a little plus button where it says follow. Click that, register, and become part of the community there just like you have been at all our previous stops with milehighhuddle.com. We need to funnel everyone over there. All the content is continuing to roll. I think we published seven or eight articles just on Thursday, our first day on the new platform, and that's only going to continue. Unfortunately, we have to do it for now without uh, our great friend, Zach Kelverman, who has been so great to work with from a publishing perspective over the last 15, 16 months when we were together at 24-7 Sports. But, you know, we'll see We'll see where that goes down the road. Never say never. But, again, congratulations to you, bro, on your new, uh, your new gig with Heavy.com. I appreciate that. I really, I really, really do, Chad. And, you know, congratulations to you, too, on moving to a different platform, which is on the upswing, just like the Vic Fangio Broncos are. And uh, I'm still I'm honestly, genuinely still happy that we can continue the podcast. And uh, we get so much positive feedback from Broncos country, which we're so appreciative for. And um, I'm just I know I'm personally happy that I can continue uh, doing this with you, man, and, and continue putting out these pods. Amen, brother. Amen. And again, last thing I want to say, VIP subscribers. You guys, you know I love you. You know that uh, I'd do anything for you. So come follow me over here. We'll take care of you. I'm going to I'm gonna graft you in. Once we go premium, you guys will have the, 
the first pick of the litter here in a couple of months. So come join us over on the new website, and I'm going to look out for you. I'm going to take care of you. But that's going to do it for today. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We will talk to you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.